When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. Gadgets and gizmos, two for the price of one. How what are we starting with? <laughs> it's free. Well, yes. Well, right, in that case, you can have ten for the price of one. Brilliant. So we are talking now about um, augmented reality glasses. And people have been talking oh, about yeah. those for some time. Remember the Would you be talking about them forever? I have, yes. yes. Google Glass came out a few years ago. Yes. Um, they had a camera in it, which led people who wore them to be uh, uh, described as Google Glass holes, which is a... <laughs> <laughs> Quite a clever thing. Anyway. Um, yes, which which is odd because they were mostly in America. They were. Well, the word well, arse doesn't glass. really... Gla- maybe it's glass hole. Glass, glass holes. Maybe it was, yes. Yeah. Uh, there is now in the <clears throat> UK, the first mainstream AR glasses are now on sale. Ooh. It's called the Enreal Air, and they are on sale exclusively through EE. So they're kind of semi-transparent sunglasses, mm. uh, which has... A, an angled prism inside, <clears throat> so you can look through yes. them to see the world outside, but it also then reflects a screen that's mounted on at the top of the glasses down into them, and you can do things like uh, watching videos or looking at apps or playing games or whatever you want to do while you're walking down the street. That's a little disquieting. <laughs> it's a little disquieting. It has no camera in it which means that um, you can't surreptitiously feel people, but it also means it doesn't have the kind of identifying augmented reality mm. that was supposed to make augmented reality such a good thing, where you know, you'd look at a view and it would tell you what you're looking at and how far away things are and how old things are and that, that kind of stuff. Or usefully for me, remind you of your friends' names. That would forgotten be them. good. Yes. Oh, wouldn't that be good? I mean, business contacts, you'd never forget anybody's name. That's a brilliant idea. Well, I have them occasionally, but as I can't actually make any augmented reality glasses, I don't think I'll be able to profit from it. No, I imagine not. It's a good idea, though. I like the sound of that. Anyway, um, so they um, the the curious thing about a couple of curious things about it. One is that because the prism uh, reflects a screen that is mounted horizontally uh, above uh, on the top of the glasses, the glasses actually sit forwards about an inch in front of your face. So that right. looks a little bit odd. Like something out of Thunderbirds. <clears throat> like something out of Thunderbirds, yes. The other curious thing is that uh, um, it uh, has a, a wire that trails down behind your ear and plugs into your Android phone. Plugs in? Plugs in, yes. That seems it rather old-fashioned, even old to fashion. me. It doesn't plug into an iPhone, but it will plug into an iPad or indeed a Mac or Windows uh, laptop, but an iPad. Around... Well, hang on. Yes, exactly. Walking around with an iPad or a laptop shoved in your back pocket. Hardly. Exactly. 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 Anyway, exclusively from EE at a cost of four hundred quid. So I don't think they're going to sell very many of these. Maybe there's a lot of early adopters out there who want to early adopt 
one of these devices. Well, but, you're an early adopter, uh, but the fact that it won't connect to your iPhone, I suspect. Even if it, it did, you. I think 400 quid's a bit much for what it does, or other what it doesn't well, what do. What it doesn't do, yes. <clears throat> okay. Still, you know, they're blazing a trail, and as it doesn't have the camera, maybe um, people won't be... Weren't there some people actually physically attacked in California for wearing, wearing those uh, yes, Google Glass? Yes, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that. I think people are physically attacked in California all the time, aren't they? Well, yes, but that was because they were wearing Usually the glasses. Not people with guns. Well, yes, that's true. I don't. Yes. yes, I don't know that that was involved. Okay, so where now? Well, we're going to get a little environmentally conscious, mm-hmm. now, which we don't often do on this program, but it's about time. Um, plastic food wrap. Hmm. It keeps food fresh, but of course. What do you then do with the plastic uh, afterwards? Mm-hmm. The answer is you put it in the bin and it goes into landfill yes. where it stays for the rest of eternity, which is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. I think everyone agrees on that. Well, Rutgers University in the United States have come up with a plant-based antimicrobial coating that is sprayed onto food. And Ooh. yeah, it's rather good. Um, it's um, it, it's made of uh, bipolymer fibers with uh, uh, antimicrobial thyme oil and citric acid. In it. I don't quite know what an, a bipolymer fiber is, but it sounds quite scientific. So I'm assuming, I assume they know what it is. Yes, okay. And you just wash it off when you want to eat the food, and apparently it then degrades naturally um, in 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 the water. So that's a jolly good thing if it's feasible. Are we we presumably are at the stage of watch this space rather than you can buy it tomorrow. We are indeed. It uses a process called rotary jet spinning, which they liken to a hairdryer. Actually, I think it's more like those candy floss machines that you see at fairgrounds. Oh, yes, yes. So yes. it sort of spins the, the, the coating onto the food. I think it's a very good idea. And well, it should make it, it edible, off. and then just you've got two benefits then. Well, it, it is edible, but of course it tastes of thyme oil and citric acid, which yes. you may not want on all your food, although some of it's it, true. Yeah. Some of some it, you it might be quite useful. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Anyway, that's a really good thing. Um, but what about all the plastic that has still wrapping food, which ends up as microplastics in the ocean? Mm. Mm. Yes. Which everyone agrees is a thoroughly bad thing for, well, for wildlife, but also for people. Yes. Um, the answer, according to Sichuan University, could be bionic robofish. How about that? <laughs> you must have been so excited when you oh, read that. Indeed, I yes. was. So these robofish, they're only 13 millimetres long, and they are driven by a, a laser light, which goes along behind them, and they, they sort of run away from the light. Right. And they go at a speed of... 30 millimetres a second, just over an inch every second, which is about the same speed as drifting plankton, apparently, Mm -hmm. in case you were wondering. Um, They say it's inspired by Mother of Pearl. don't entirely know what uh, what that means. But it's flexible, these little fish, so they kind of wiggle around. And they're self-healing, so that if they get damaged, they can heal up to 85% of themselves automatically. Each one then um, has uh, a surface that attracts microplastics. So these microplastics cling yes, to the fish. Yes. And each one apparently can pull five kilograms. Which is pretty good, don't you think? Yes. What's it do with it having attracted it, though? Well, I don't really know. And the thing is, there is an awful lot of microplastic in the ocean. Yes. And it's a very big ocean. Yes. Yeah, so d- have you got lots trees. of these things all with five 
kilograms of microplastics attached, isn't that just going to be just as bad as the microplastics well, unattached? I imagine you drive them back home. But if each one has to be guided by a laser, then I don't quite, you know, it's, it's a nice idea, but I don't quite understand how they're going to make it work. No, no. Well, they need to explain better. Still, bionic robot fish, eh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gave exactly. us a chance to say that. Well, <laughs> exactly. Great idea. Let's, let's hope somehow they iron out some of the problems. This is Gadgets and Gizmos. I'm him. He's, he's No, he's him. I'm not him. I'm me. He's him. It's so easy to get confused when it you're really in the world is, of Gadgets and Gizmos. Yes. 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 What now? Well, we're not halfway through the show, though. You don't usually do that kind of introduction. Oh, you're right. No, I don't. Outbreak. I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm not here. I don't know where I am. You're no, actually no. talking to my hologram. <laughs> Indeed. It's quite convincing. Yeah, thank you. Um, not as good as the real thing, obviously, but it's not bad. Um, how many disposable nappies do you reckon are binned in Wales every year? In well, Wales don't wear nappies. Well, uh, apparently I, I, they do. I don't know. No, you don't know. Of course you don't know. The 140 million... Good gracious. Good gracious, indeed. So rather than throwing those away, there's a company called Nappy Cycle, which has come up with the rather intriguing idea of mixing them, shredding them into pellets, first of all, mixing them with asphalt. Mm -hmm. And then when you mix them with asphalt, it makes the road surfaces last twice as long. How about that? Gracious, that's fantastic. Yes. They're trying it out on the stretch of the A487 between Aberystwyth and Cardigan. Yes. And uh, £180 million pounds they're spending on this trial. So, or was it £180,000? No, £180,000 they're spending on this trial. And um, they reckon it, it's going to work. Not only will it get rid of all the nappies, but it'll make the roads better. It's a jolly good thing. Yes, that seems very impressive. It's very impressive. So how you they... collect them all up? I mean, if you're going to have, then have a different um bin for disposable nappies indeed you will have to do exactly that hmm. yes, yes. Or, or like like the old days when you used to take your bottles back to a shop take your nappies back where you bought them exactly. i can't think that really I, works though no, do you turning, turning up at tesco so, with a so where are they getting nappies? all these nappies to resurface the A487. Oh, well, there's another company. Aberystwyth to Cardigan's quite a long way. It is. I don't think they're doing all of it. There, there's oh, another no. company that's taking in all these uh, nappies for recycling. Okay. Um, I really wouldn't want to work there. Although they do say that at the end of it, the roads don't smell of whatever was in the nappies. They just smell of road. Okay. That's quite good. Thing. But on the other hand, if the roads are lasting twice as long, there must there ought to be a financial incentive for handing disposable nappies in, you would think. Well, maybe there will be, like the deposit, as you say, on bottles. Yes. Hmm. Well, Why don't we have the deposit on bottles anymore? It was such a good idea. Maybe it wasn't worth the effort of collecting and taking them well, back. Well, except more people recycle now than before. And those bottles were, were taken back because they were eminently recyclable. Glass can be recycled again and again, like metal, can't it? Oh, but bottles were taken back so they could be cleaned and refilled. Oh, that's true. Mm. Yes. Well, I give my milk bottles back every day. I give my milk bottles back every day. Mm. But I have a milkman. Yes, so comes and takes them. You have a milkman. Yeah. Yes. And I tell people I have a milkman. They're always very surprised. Say, well, yes, most saying? of the people are, but you and I are obviously very simple. Yes, Ian Broadbent, mm. his name is. He comes from North right. East London. I live in South West London. And I, occasionally I wake up and hear him on the doorstep. And it's normally about three something in the morning. It's extraordinary. Oh, extraordinary. Yes. Not ours, I have I'd yet like. to open the door wearing a negligee when my milkman comes, but I'm sure it's only a matter of time. Oh, we've all been there. We've all been uh, there. Right, well, probably time for us to take a quick break. We'll have more gadgets and gizmos in just a moment. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. Well, as I was saying before, you're listening to Gadget and Gizmos. I'm Simon Ray's He's Steve Kaplan. See, I got it right this time. You probably haven't heard of Thomas Patan. No, I don't you think have I have. have. You have well, now. Yes, Thomas Patan mm. is the CEO of Jetson. Jetson being a company in Sweden that makes um, electric vertical takeoff and landing craft. Right. The kind so of presumably you know about the TV series. I imagine they based the okay, name good. on the TV series. Oh, I see. Oh, right. Okay. Yes. That was a good name. Yeah, yes. Yes. Anyway, um, Thomas um, commutes to work, and he commutes to work on the Jetson 1, which is a coaxial octocopter. So it has... So what? Well, I think you can work out what a coaxial octocopter is. Um, well, first of all, how many... Coaxial means it gets it gets old-fashioned terrestrial TV, and octocopper means it's got eight eight rotors. Yes, coaxial doesn't mean it gets uh, terrestrial TV. <laughs> coaxial, in terms of TV cables, means that both cables share the same axis. So they, rather than power cables, which are side by side. Oh yeah, yeah. TV yes, cables, okay. One is wrapped around the other. Thank you for explaining so, it. Now that we no longer use them. Yeah, you're very welcome. That's... So. The uh, the thing about these uh, octocopters is that they, they have eight blades and they're in pairs and they're piled stacked on top of each other and they rotate mm. in opposite directions. Right. Uh, so they're much easier to fly than a helicopter, which only has a blade turning in one direction. Mm. I think that's, uh, that's quite understandable. And um, he, the Jetson one has a range of 20 minutes and a speed of up to 63 miles an hour. And if you go on YouTube and you Google... Uh, or YouTube, you, what is a verb from YouTube? Just a U- tube. If you go to YouTube and you tube the Jetson one, yes, it okay. isn't, uh, then you'll see a film of him commuting to work. And it does have to be said, he doesn't live in a city or any kind of built-up neighbourhood. He has a house with a large meadow at the back and an uninterrupted forest between him and his workplace. So probably easier for him to commute the work than, than most of us, but it's still quite impressive to see. And what a good thing for the CEO of a an eVTOL company to do. Yes. I mean, given that we're recording this in a week of lots of train strikes and things, people might be rather attracted by it. And and presumably they're a snip to buy off the shelf. They are if you're the CEO of the company that makes them. For the mm. rest of us, we have to wait until they actually start manufacturing them in, in quantity. Mm. Oh, that's a great shame. Um, shame. Shall we go on to our um, our crowdfunding time well, of the week? In that case, you want one of these. Now, a lot of uh, bicycles are these days fitted with brake lights. They're an optimal thing. I didn't where know you that. Can get brake lights to put on. Okay. And they are triggered in several ways, either by you pressing a button somewhere on the steering wheel or steering wheel handlebar, <laughs> um, or they just come automatically when you slow down or stop yes. suddenly, yeah. neither of which is really um, very satisfactory. But this is a product that actually might be. It's called, rather clumsily, Oxylum plus Oxybrake. That is quite clumsy, it yes. It is quite clumsy. The Oxylum is the brake light itself, which you can mount on the back of your bike, or you can attach it via a magnetic mount to the back of your helmet, which is okay. probably a better place to put it. 
the oxybreg is its partner, which is a kind of plastic sleeve that clips over your brake lever. So when you pull your brake lever, it lights up your brake light, which I think is yeah. absolutely ingenious. I don't yes. know why no one has done this before. It's such an obvious way to do it. Yes. Hmm. Anyway, it's all Kickstarter now. Um, and it's um, available at a pledge of 35 euros, about 31 pounds, which is not... Um, Doesn't seem excessive. Kind of thing, no. no. And you have until the 10th of July to go and visit Kickstarter okay. and look for the Oxylum plus Oxybreak. Not a good name. Um, you, you cycle a lot, but it's slightly disquieting that you think you've got a steering wheel. But um, <laughs> are you going to are you going to go for it? You always like adding extra gadgets to your bike. I do. Well, I probably would go for it, except when I bought myself a cycle helmet a few years ago, hmm. um, which I chose purely on aesthetic grounds, I was delighted to see that when it arrived, it had a flashing light mounted on the back of the helmet. Okay. Which I reckon is enough. Okay. You see, the one, the one downside of this is I don't think it's that important if cars know when you're braking on a bicycle. Well, that may well be right. You just want them to avoid you full stop. Exactly. Exactly. So that's what I went for. Yes. And yet many cyclists still have no lights at night and wear all black, which I've never quite understood. They clearly have a death wish, especially if you're in London, as we are. Let's have another of these. So whither now? Well, Twitter. Very easy to send offensive tweets on Twitter, as you know. People are doing it especially all the if you're time. drunk. Yes. Especially if you're drunk and people are getting into trouble. Uh, yeah. after after doing it and um back in 2020 twitter set up the algorithm to spot aggressive tweets mm -hmm. and before you send it you get a message coming up saying do you want to review this before you tweet it uh yale has now done a study of uh, the difference that 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 warning makes and for each 100 tweets sent that have this warning 69 are sent on with no revision nine were cancelled and 22 were revised only one of those revisions was was to make the tweet even more offensive so slightly uh, worrying that 69 didn't want to revise at all it is but for people who did uh, change their their habits um, the incidence of repeating offensive tweets was down 20 percent after they got the warning so there's some kind of residual, residual benefit from it I, I think it's sort of understand right? that because I think one of the problems with Twitter is that people think mm. that nobody's really knows who's sending them, even though of course you do. You do, of course you do. It's like being yeah. able to shout without anybody noticing who's actually been shouting, and so perhaps this makes them suddenly realise that there is a downside to it all. Well, yes. I don't know. Yes. I don't think I sent an offensive tweet yet. At least no, if I you, if I had, it would have been when I was drunk, so I wouldn't have remembered. No, exactly. I tend to use tweet. I'm not a big tweeter, but I tend to use tweet almost exclusively for uh, contacting companies when they do something stupid. Yes, mainly because they don't have any customer service phones anymore. Well, that's exactly it. But if you try contacting somebody like Sainsbury's, what they have are um, bots answering their tweets, yeah. um, which are completely useless. And trying to get uh, a real person is so aggravating, you're twice as angry by the time you finally get some sort of response as you were when you started. And uh, I'm, not, I'm sure Sainsbury's is not the only one. Yes. Um, and you keep getting the same response. That's, that's the really crazy thing. You keep saying, can I help you? Just, oh yes, you try it sometime. Go to Sainsbury's. Um, 
wait till something goes wrong and then try contacting the company. Quite useless, but I'm sure they're not the only ones. I'm sure they're not the only ones. No, they're not. But we can have one of these and then go on. So as you get older, you have to take more medication. And sometimes you have to take uh, several mm-hmm. pills a day, sometimes at different times of the day. Mm-hmm. But how do you remember to do that, particularly if you're an old person, as you probably will be if you get older? Then, Especially um, as I actually read that pill boxes, which help many people do this, many chemists are now refusing to give them because the Association of Pharmacologists or something says they're not very, they're not very helpful, even though most people who have to take lots of medicine think they are. How could they not I read be that just yesterday. I don't know. It's one of those exasperating things where you just think this is not showing any common sense. But you've come up with an even better idea. Well, I haven't come up with it, but the University of Technology in Gothenburg has come up with it. They've come up with smart implants. So you have this implant in your body that delivers medicine on demand via an app. So either you say to the app, give me a shot now. Mm-hmm. Or you just say, give me a shot every morning at 6am and again at, um, at, at midday. And it just does it. Right. So it makes you think, is there a giant bottle of pills secreted somewhere inside your body? He said, well, it's what may, uh, it's what I thought about it. Um, but apparently, apparently not. I looked up uh, how much of each pill that you routinely mm-hmm. take is active ingredient and how much of it is just stuff that you can hold and swallow yes up to 99 percent of the volume of ever pill will be uh inactive why some of them are so large i don't know i do not know some of them are endlessly big Hmm. okay well that's intriguing it is. So what happens is, rather than swallowing the pills, which of course mean they have to then have to make their way from your stomach to wherever they have to get to, yes. the implants can be placed in the location that it's needed. So if you need pills for your heart, for example, then the implant can be placed mm. next to your heart. Ooh. And then can just release them on demand, which I think is a really very, very good idea indeed. Hmm. Hmm. Good. Well, kudos to the um, University of Gothenburg. Yes. And finally, or maybe not finally, well, who knows, might be finally, might not be. Yes, it is finally. Back to um, our microplastics. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm going to talk about Zophobus Morio. Who's he? Well, exactly. He is a worm. Oh. Not only that, he is a worm. <laughs> I hope you didn't put that on Twitter. <laughs> Zophobus Morio is a worm. No, they'll get you. Morio is a worm that eats plastic. Oh. Exactly. And uh, some tests at the University of Queensland found that these worms would put on weight even when fed only a diet of polystyrene. So, what they're doing hmm. is identifying the enzymes in the worm's stomach that could dissolve the plastic so they can then upscale that for a recycling plant. Wow. You can imagine if they left the door of their laboratory open and these worms got out and started yes. munching Monster their way worms. through plastic. Yes. Getting bigger and bigger with each thing they eat. There's of course, a horror movie you wouldn't actually, well, well, you wouldn't actually want them to eat some plastics because they might be needed. You want them to eat the plastic that people are disposing of. But there was an episode of Doomwatch. Do you remember that? Mutant 69. 
I even have the novel based on the um, episode, which is very good. Do you remember Doomwatch? I don't remember Doomwatch. Scientific sort of conspiracy theory TV programme when we were little. Very exciting. Uh, Mutant 69 was all about this plastic that was ubiquitous in use, and it suddenly started failing, even in airplanes and things like that. Ah. And it had nothing to do with giant worms. Well, I think they're quite small worms to start with. When they oh, they you wait grow, till they start eating all the plastic. Exactly. They'll take exactly. over the world. Well, this is very thing. dangerous. Zophobos mm. Morio, ruler of you the see, world. You see, people are going to think you remembered that, but you didn't. You just read it. No, I just read it. You just yes, read it. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, well, I think that's it for this week on that extraordinary news. But that, that sounds fantastic if they can actually work it out. Yeah, yeah, it does. Very impressive. Yeah, so quite a lot lots of, of ways of, quite a lot of ecological it. solutions tonight. Let's hope they all um, yes. pan out. Um, thank you very much indeed to Steve Kaplan. Be back with more Gadget and Gizmos at the same time next week. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's Gadgets and Gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.